Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaber. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, robots are taking your jobs. <laughs> is anybody old enough to remember Elmer Fudd? I remember Elmer Fudd. Very good. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. I'm a robot. Webbit <laughs> duck season, webbit season, duck season, webbit season. Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> nice. Well, hunting wabbits. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to tell you about Wobot. Last week we talked about, we reassured you last week that robots aren't coming to take our jobs after all because the, uh, the dinosaur animatronic, air quotes, robot staff from a Japanese hotel were laid off. Well, just 50% of them. So I guess they're yeah. 50% are working just fine. Uh, and this is the sort of flip side of that conversation because yeah, we uh, might have, we might have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Um, so two articles this week that came across our radar that uh, I think we made the point last time around about the physical. Um, I almost said humanoid, but they're dino- dinoid or whatever you call them. Robots being kind of like a narrow definition of robot, and that's mm-hmm. the really the really air quotes, scary ones if you're scared of losing your job to a robot or probably these virtual assistant type things because they spread like crazy. And so many of our interactions with uh, other entities, let's say, take place in a digital realm, not in a physical realm. I mean, obviously lots of physical interaction, but but more and more the slice of our uh, interactions are happening sort of digitally mediated. Yeah. I mean, I only really have proof that one of my coworkers exists. <laughs> yeah. I met you in person. Everyone else could just be very sophisticated AIs, and I wouldn't know. Yeah, we really pulled one over on you. Yeah. The the monthly check is probably a pretty good indication. <laughs> yeah. Of well, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, it's pretty easy to go all um, uh, Truman Show about mm-hmm. reality. Yeah, some of in you general. may be imaginary. But, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not that trippy, but it does. But it, it raises a question, you know, does it matter if it's a person on the other end of the chat? Does it really matter? Like, what's the point of the chat? We had the same conversation with that. Uh, mm-hmm. The Google Google it, assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Calling to make haircut appointments and dinner reservations. And everyone flipped out because it didn't tell the person on the other end of the phone that it was a robot. It was like, well, who cares? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. This so okay so this thing this Wobot is what are, how do they how do they pitch it so it's just to give you a picture it's an app you can it's a native app you can install on iOS or Android looks like they also have a messenger bot and it's like a thread that lives in your uh, in the app like uh, like whatever like like Twitter DMs or you know this, mm-hmm. the standard SMS whatever your message app is and you you mentioned it's it to kinda, me it's kind of like a life coach yeah or uh, a, a i don't want to say therapist because i think that's too strong of a word but right robot just like a a, a a friend to talk to yeah a shoulder to cry on so to speak wobot was created by leading experts in clinical psychology and has demonstrated uh, ability to make people happier and i okay well that's a good goal and mm-hmm. it, it i i can having some experience in this space, I can imagine it working. 
Um, so I installed it and I have to say the onboarding experience was delightful and we've, we've built stuff like this in the past and it's really hard or the way no, that we have, we've, we've built much, much more narrowly focused, smaller things like this. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yes. And it's, it's wild because the way that, um, the smoke, we, there's this sort of interactive SMS, uh, app, I guess you would call it that, encourages and assists you and to quit smoking exactly yeah so if, if we text had a when you have a craving yes and but it also would check in on in on you proactively on a schedule so it was kind mm-hmm. of like a, a little bit like an email campaign delivered over sms in little tiny chunks and it was it, it had logic branching so that if people you know first it would get to know you first and so on and so forth. But at, at the end of the day, it was really just a gigantic if-then tree, choose your own adventure. Yeah. With It was a big decision tree. You couldn't in any way call it artificial intelligence. No, yeah, absolutely not. But there was intelligence built into it, which was that there was a team of people kind of behind the scenes who were who could monitor the conversations. So the, the conversations that were going back and forth were in a dashboard and if somebody used particular keywords it would flag a message it's kind of like kind of like uh um uh escalate the situation to an actual human mm-hmm. who was trained a trained clinical psychologist so so there's these people well i guess that's probably an exaggeration they were there were people who in their day job worked like kind of like a suicide hotline kind of thing so they they yeah. were trained but if they were probably not licensed, I really don't know, but it was, you know, through the department of health. So I'm sure it was all in the up and up, but anyway, these people had this dashboard that they could kind of see, see the conversations and, and it was made clear to the person when they were talking to an automated message and when they were talking to an actual person. So someone could kind of, they could basically raise their hand and say, I've got, you know, I'm stuck. Person could jump in, uh, get them unstuck. And then they were sort of back on this, this chain sequence really yeah yeah, sequence it was kind of like a complicated drip sequence like email marketing software sequence and it's wild to think about you know so i don't i don't think kelly you were involved with this particular stage but the the creating the database of all of the messages and how they interacted and like creating the decision tree was initially was a big group effort when i say big i mean there were probably eight people involved um each one representing a different facet of the of, of the operation. So I was the technical person. There was a person who was, uh, you know, um, an expert in this space of like, uh, smoking cessation for teens. And I believe, I believe was a licensed, uh, psychotherapist. I'm not sure exactly, but it was a doctor. (laughs) Okay. And then there was like the, you know, every, there was a, everyone, there was like one person in each role uh, social media person to like let people you know there's like signs on the side of buses like text this to this number the short code and uh, and join this program and w- when I look at the way that you know this was this was like pre AI and machine learning wasn't big news at the time it wasn't that long ago but it wasn't it wasn't big news yeah it was only it was only what like maybe three or four years maybe has it been that long even mm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think it's 2015 yeah I think so too and when you look at, when I look at this, I, I, I don't know if it, uh, it's hard to tell if it would have occurred to me at the time, but I, I, I do look at the way that, you know, machine learning basically works basically. And the, um, and that initiative that we did, 
And if I was going to do it again today, I would do it exactly like uh, this, you know, Wobot thing. And this other one that you that you um, found today is all about customer support. Yeah, yeah, from Nuance, where it's like, so instead of, and I I love this idea because it it feels much more resilient and effective to me because in the the quit RI thing, we were sitting around in a room. Uh, and there was one person who had experience actually talking to people, teens who were trying to quit smoking, but there was just one. Mm-hmm. And we were going back and forth about, you know, I'm basically there being like, ah, that message is too long or that's going to look fake or that's, you know, you know, from a technical standpoint. Right. Or, you know, that uh, if you send a link to a YouTube video for this, they might be on a dumb phone that can't actually view it. So, you know, technical stuff, but there's one person who was essentially in advance having all of the possible conversations with all of the possible types of people. That's a lot to think of. <laughs> it was brutal. And, and I didn't even have to think of it. I just yeah, had it's to never code ending. it. It's, it's, it's literally never ending. Mm-hmm. And at some point when you decide, okay, this is enough, we have to stop, you do end it. And, uh, yes. You haven't solved it. You've just given up. You just picked the point at which you want to give up. Exactly. And I said, and, and that was my big push at the time. Cause you know, I knew we had a limited budget. There's budgets always limited and this was a relatively small one. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, we're not going to be able to code for every possibility here. It's just, it's just, we don't have the budget for it and it would, we don't have the team for it. It would get so complex. So let's keep it small and have this escape valve where, where someone can raise their hand and some, and like a human can interact with them. And, and that, that was, so that was cool because that allowed us to narrow, dramatically narrow the domain that we had to write these canned responses for. Yeah, uh, and there were still hundreds of them. There was about 400. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and then this one person was kind of like on call. Eventually, at first, the first iteration was one person was on call to like, and she would get text right to her phone. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they found a team of people who were, you know, had reason to be involved, wanted to be involved in the study and know the, about the results in advance, so on and so forth. So we ended up having a team of people manning the admin interface. Uh, but, but looking back on it, it was very like a bunch of people who were probably smart, but sitting around trying to think of something that's un, that doesn't, can't originate from your brain. You know, it was like at best you were, you know, at best you could come up with these things in advance based on experience, but we knew there were going to be all sorts of things that fell outside of what we had preconceived and that we were going to need a human to actually respond to these things in real time. So the idea of, you know, sprinkling some machine learning on that and, and actually just having just the team. So we're not even going to have the database of stuff to say, just have a team of people who are experienced, maybe which we had anyway, and have them respond to this stuff in real time and build the database either explicitly or implicitly from the interactions. It's, if it, if it would work, and that's the kind of thing that does work now with, with machine learning, it's Mm -hmm. a, in my opinion, a much better approach because yeah, yeah, it's like, you're just picking the stuff that actually worked and you could analyze the sentiment. You could do sentiment analysis on the response. Like, thank you. That really helped me, you know, from the participant. Thank you. That really helped me. And they're like, Oh, that flags this conversation is useful. What's the profile on that person that just got helped. Okay. Does that match with other profiles? Okay. Then this kind of a thread is going to hopefully work for that kind of a person. Mm 
Yeah, you eliminate a lot of guesswork and you get a lot more usable, like you said, you get a lot more usable feedback and information back from the person because the the interactions end up being more genuine and you just... Like if I'm if I'm talking to a system or interacting with a system that's giving me a bunch of canned messages, my responses to it tend to start sounding pretty canned as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this and no, you nailed it, genuine, and that's crazy because well, it it's counterintuitive anyway, because it would slip more and more become. It'd be like a gray area, like a the, mm-hmm. like sometimes the robot would respond and sometimes the robot wouldn't, but. It, it, I do believe that you would end up, we would have ended up with much more genuine responses because you could see, because I could see the chat logs when, when someone was um, uh, in a, a real one on, you know, uh, actual two, two people, a participant and a counselor talking, the language mm-hmm. was, it's hard to, it's hard to put your finger on what's different, but it just to broadly it just broadly, it sounded less canned because it, the, the on both sides on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it becomes, it was much more genuine. It felt like customized and specific. There's just something more real about it. And it's almost like when you listen to that, I wish I could remember the name of that Google project. Do you remember the name with where it would, it would make a phone call to a, a restaurant? I can't remember the name of that project, but the thing about it, and also the um, the Amazon voice uh, service, it mm-hmm. does stuff like you can hear it breathing. It says um. It does all the there are all right, these yeah, cues? Yeah, there are all these cues that you wouldn't expect from from like a screen reader. The screen reader is not going to inhale or say <laughs> um. You know what I mean? So there are these these things that you kind of don't notice consciously, but subconsciously, they make an impact on the the i just love that word genuine it just makes it feel more genuine and looking at, it makes me want to redo this project to be honest with you it's like such a great project and this feels like such a better approach <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be fun so let's i'm just looking at this uh this, this one from nuance so if you imagine going through a uh, customer service log so i mean who hasn't had some sort of uh, a question about a product or a, a SaaS or some sort of online service that you use and you mm-hmm. go to their website, maybe you search the FAQs or maybe you just go straight to that little floating bubble in the bottom right hand corner. And it's like chat with a service representative now. And a lot of them, they'll do like uh, you click on it and, and it's like, Oh, how can we help? And you type a question and it immediately returns like a bunch of search results from their knowledge base. Yeah. Instead of starting a chat. I find that pretty annoying. Yeah, it is. And, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is they must see pattern over time. If you've got enough, a big enough user base, there've got to be patterns to these pro you know, particular problems. That's where the knowledge base articles came from in the first place, mm-hmm. but being able to reveal the information in more of a conversational format is so much more engaging. What it, it uses me is with larger companies, especially not, maybe not so much as small ones, but with large companies, even when you do end up talking to a real support person, you know, 90% of the time they're reading from a script. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And those tend to be a little rough. Like those tend to mm-hmm. be a little bit rougher. Um, we, the two of us had an experience the other day with, with two different support people from the same company. One of them Completely was great. And one of them yeah. was, 
I, I almost thought the other one was a robot, like an yeah, AI. I, I wondered that at first too. Yeah, it's it was that bad. Um, but so here's the thing. So this now this is coming to mind. Do you do you use Gmail? Yes. Okay. And do you ever see those kind of canned auto replies that you you know it'll like give you reply suggestions? I do, and they're getting better. Yes, they are. They're learning. They're learning this type of stuff. I say, and <laughs> so if you imagine. Here's like, I could see this happening. I, I, I think this is 100% feasible, like more a question of, of when, not if. I could imagine two people, you and me, let's say we're looking for a time to record the podcast and I send you an email about it. Okay. What time do you want to do TRD this week? And then you get a response back. You, you get the email, but it has, has, I don't know what they're called. Let's just call them, uh, like canned suggestions. Suge- yeah. That's I think that is what they're called. Suggested replies. And it looks at your calendar. It knows what I wrote and it's it. And you can pick one of the ones. And then that sends back to me, it checks my calendar and it's like, Oh yeah, let's do this one. Pretty soon. You're going to, we're going to take the, the actual pick, <laughs> clicking the button part out of there. And yeah. our two email programs are just going to find a date and schedule it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let us know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because it's gonna be it's gonna be you saying, "Hey, when do you want to record TRD?" And I'm gonna see the button that says 3 p.m. on Thursday, and I'm gonna click it, and you're gonna see the button that says, "Yep, sounds good." Yeah, right. And it's wild. I mean, like when you think about, we've talked about this before, where we've got, I mean, hundreds of hours of audio, mm-hmm. several hundred, maybe seven hundred hours of audio, and At least, yeah. And when we used to do those uh, niche bits or <laughs> niche snippets or whatever. <laughs> It's, we're pretty repetitive. We say a lot of the same things, not just topically, but like little vocal tics and certain things. It would be very easy to, with that library of stuff, be very easy to impersonate me on a phone call. Very easy. It'd be about one third as easy to impersonate me. (laughs) I was hoping you'd say that. Oh man. And so, and so, yeah, so we could just, we could, maybe we could just, Every week we could have an AI where we feed in a topic and it just goes mm-hmm. through the library of things that we've said in the past and like, like ransom notes together, like a, an episode. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, dear listener, you believe that we're actually having this conversation in real time, but it's two robots based on a, it is, it is. an AI that was seated with 700 hours of audio and transcripts. And so now here's the thing, like, <clears throat> If our if our two Gmail programs figured out an appointment time for us, mm-hmm. who ca- like do you care? Like, isn't that kind of awesome, right? Yeah, I, I don't really care. Mm. Um, I would like to know about it prior to the day of. I would mm. like to, you know, I would like for it to schedule it and then let me know. Hey, I was scheduled this, not just come up on Thursday and find it on my calendar. Right. But no, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, oh great, that's, that's just one less thing I have to worry about. Yep. Um. Um. But then. Going back to Wobot, though, what if you're talking to, like, you're talking back and forth to an AI about your feelings? Mm-hmm. Do you care that it's not a person? I can see for some people it would be advantageous to not be a person. Right. Well, okay, right? so three things. Three things there. One, there is a person on the other end somewhere that has mm-hmm. perhaps got access to the audio. So you, there's a privacy thing. Yeah. Then the, the uh do you care that it's a robot is another thing. And then the the other, the third thing is, is it effective? I believe 100% that it's effective. 
for, for lots of situations, I believe 100% that a robot is effective. And I do think there's probably a big privacy thing. The, the middle one, do you care? I suppose is a person by person thing. I, I suppose it is. Yeah. Does I mean, it, cause it, if it definitely, if it works, do you care? That it's not a person. Will you even try? I imagine someone wouldn't even try it if they didn't. Yeah, that's that's true. If they cared, they probably wouldn't even try it. Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, there's some people that yeah, this you know it's a it's an app where you could potentially be talking about sensitive or personal things. Um, like you said, there was a privacy issue, but I imagine some people would probably probably don't want to tell those things to a random stranger that they don't know, and maybe the idea of talking to an AI is more appealing. Yeah, it's like, and then I imagine there's also people who don't care as long as they get the right outcome. Yeah, yeah, as long as they feel better. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if that's. So is that good or bad? Is it the dopamine hit that makes you feel better? Are you actually becoming a better person, or is it changing the way you interact with the people around you that that, that are physically around you? Or is well, it just this? Sometimes you just need someone to complain to to feel better. Like once you've got it out of your system. Right. And so, okay, so this is funny because now I'm reminded of the, uh, the hotels in Altered Carbon where they had different personalities. So, like, the mm-hmm. hotels were all these, like, autonomous hotels run by an AI, and they had different personalities. Like, some of them were snarky and cynical and dark, and other ones were a little bit more pragmatic or upbeat. And, and There were no dinosaurs, though. There were no dinosaurs whatsoever. But the, there, you, you could easily imagine a personality and mm-hmm. I, I wish I had, I wish I could set the personality for, for she who must not be named. Yeah. You know, I would, I wish she was a little, a little bit more sarcastic. I think it would be so funny. Yeah. If she was more sarcastic. I would what time like is it? it 10 minutes later, 10 minutes later than the last time you asked. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, you could, you could imagine it would be so funny and like, okay, here's a, and here's how you could make it happen. Oh, this is dark. This is Black Mirror. Okay. Okay. It's 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 not dark, scary, but it's like wow. Talk about going over the top, privacy wise. But okay, it's in our house. It has listened to every conversation I've had with Erica for the past two years. Mm-hmm. Basically, it could take on her personality if I was talking to it. <laughs> Right? Oh, that's 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 dark. It's got all. It I supposedly doesn't have all that audio, but it could. It could have. Yeah. All, if you said yes, take all the audio and like take on my spouse's Analyze personality. It. It's and, th- then, and then your spouse gets killed in a car crash, and you, you oh, know, like totally. whatever. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> it gets dark. You change the way. Yeah, it gets dark fast. Yeah. Did you? So aside, speaking of of she who must not be named, have you heard about? I don't know if this is new, but I just discovered it. The whisper mode. No. Oh, it's hilarious. I, I almost want to do it on the show. What is it? Alexa, what time is it? Uh, Does she whisper back? She whispers back. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's, my volume happens to be turned way down so you can't hear it. But um, when you do that, I'll, I'll try to repeat what you just said. It's like, Hmm. It sounds like you're whispering. If you'd like me to whisper uh, in, ret- you know, normal volume. If you'd like me to whisper, whisper in return uh, in the future, I will do that. You can change this in settings. Would you like me to? Yes. 
So then, mm-hmm. then no, the kids think it's the funniest thing in the world, and it is funny. I laughed my head off the first time I did it <laughs> because the volume's the same, but the tone of voice is like this. So it's almost like if oh, there's, wow. yeah, it's wild. It's not just that the volume's lower. She actually, actually the volume would have been lower, so like you could whisper back and forth at night without waking people up or something. The volume, I don't think the volume's lower. I think the tone of voice makes it less disruptive to the other people. Okay. It's almost like like that tone of voice signals that we're not talking to you. So you don't have to wake up time to kind of think. The volume <laughs> might be a little bit lower, but mm-hmm. um, but wow. it's It feels weird. It, it's like ASMR, Alexa. <laughs> She's looking at me. Alexa, volume five. Alexa, what time is it? I can't hear it. Anyway, the oh. um, it's wild. People should try it if they have one. It's very funny. But so, okay, here's the thing. So b- to the Wobot, back to Wobot, back to the email buttons, the, the canned replies, suggested replies. Um, and we, didn't, we couldn't do this very well in the SMS app because we didn't have buttons that we could put into the interface. But this, this works on uh, Google and Google Assistant and um, not so much on the Alexa unless you have the show. But when you're having this conversation, you can, um, pr- in, in a... In a place like this you can present suggested replies and it would all be based on data from other people's live replies and i feel like like that solves a massive problem that we had which was like how to deal with unstructured replies Mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't have it was brutal like natural language understanding wasn't really the sort of we could we could have pumped the text into a a processor to kind of parse it out but it was way more complicated than that so giving some some suggested replies, uh, maybe two or three, um, but also allowing for a, a full text typing. So like, oh, here's, oh, yeah. this is exactly what I would have said. And then you just tap it and it just goes versus, um, you know, like, oh, no, none of these is really right. And the, but you, so you still have the opportunity to type out a huge response or a more nuanced response or just a different one. Uh, I feel like that would contribute to the thing learning even more quickly and, and facilitating more of a, uh, a high speed engaging kind of communication where you're just like, you're talking to this pretty smart robot with a particular kind of personality that is, uh, it's very engaging and quick, low friction. And for something like, for something like customer service, I feel like this is such a huge win because customer service yeah. is such a nightmare and it's so rare to find somebody good. So you could imagine paying someone who's really good to interact train. with. Yeah. To just, yeah. just like to get a bunch the bot. Of, right, right. Get someone who's amazing to train a team of five people, let's say, and then they just go hardcore real time responding to everything, but tracking all of it and turning it in, in seeding it and like training, uh, training a uh, machine learning algorithm with real conversations and slowly letting, you know, slowly round robining, like, like new people into, you know, based on their initial question into a live person or not a live person and not even necessarily making a distinction between which is which. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, as soon as you add machine learning into the picture, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are certain applications. I started to say that there are certain applications where I would definitely want to talk to a human being. But the more I think about it, I'm not sure that's true. How do you even know you are? Yeah. 
right? So it's like, like, like when do I, when do I care? I think you care right now because you're used to it stinking, like the canned stuff being bad. It and it's just be. a waste of time. Could be. But, but if, if it was good. Yeah. Imagine if you didn't have to wait even 30 seconds for the, you know, you know, when you have to wait and like, oh, uh, agent mm-hmm. is typing or agent, is, you're a second in line. Agent will be with you as soon as possible. Imagine if it yeah. was instantaneous and they were very, very good at uh, sort of debugging the conversation, so to speak. So like you come in, like you say something that doesn't make sense or has no context and they're good at like mm-hmm. uncovering what the actual problem is. I mean, a lot of that stuff, coaching stuff, uh, I don't want to say therapy because I don't really know about therapy, but right. I feel like there are evergreen moves, like mm-hmm. stuff that always works or it works 80% of the time. You know, tell me about your mother, stuff like that. You it's, know, well, I mean, I, I am not ashamed to admit this. My life got weird and stressful with all the eyeball problems a few years ago. And I was in therapy for about a year mm-hmm. and the majority of it was me going in and talking about all the things I'm going through. And then my therapist kind of reiterating that back to me in a way that helped me understand my thought processes better. And it was more about like learning self-awareness than it was trying to address these specific problems because I, w- I was at the point where, okay, oh, if I realized that, oh, I'm letting this bother me because such and such, then I could deal with it myself and, mm. and sort of, and sort of prevent that and handle that. I, I was just, not recognizing those things before they became issues. So the whole focus was basically on self-awareness. And a lot of that was just the, the therapist I was working with sort of reframing what I was telling her back to me in a way that made that kind of more evident to me what was going on in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, I have sort of limited experience there, but the experience is very similar. They don't give you answers. They're not like, Oh, here's what you need to do. Like never, right? Like it's very, I think that's pretty rare. It's kind of like a no-no as far as I know. Yeah, it's counterproductive to give you answers because the whole goal should be to get you to a place where you don't need them to come to them for answers. Yeah. So uh, it kind of makes sense. And there was, there was, uh, I'll never be able to remember the name, but years ago, like I want to say sixties or seventies could have been eighties, but I feel like it was just like forever ago, like in a previous eon, there was a joke kind of game game one of these that was like your friend uh, i feel like the name started with an a but i might be just thinking of alexa but uh anyway (laughs) it and it was like surprisingly good even though it was completely canned and it had very few possible responses it was like it was like zork i feel like it was around the time of zork which was early 80s if i remember correctly and it was just super super basic but there certain types of questions that are just open-ended kind of not leading questions, but just open-ended questions Mm -hmm. that get you to open up. And anybody that's a good, I mean, when you meet someone who's a good conversationalist, you leave thinking like, man, that was, what a fun, what a fun person that person was. And you're like, wait a second. I didn't stop talking once. They just asked me like three questions. (laughs) Can you imagine me not stopping talking? Right. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) It never happens. But that's what it's like. I mean, you just ask these questions. The other person just open. You just open the floodgates. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It, but you know, what's the difference? The difference is there's no active listening happening on the other end, or is there? <laughs> don't really know. Like, if it's not a a human consciousness, does it count as listening? Yeah. That's, that's like I was thinking. Like, like the other morning, I. Uh, 
it's a couple months ago now, but one lazy Sunday morning, about 11 a.m., I woke up <laughs> uh, and there were to discover a fraudulent charge on my credit card. And I called up the credit card company and I talked to this wonderful person who had it sorted out very quickly. And I felt I felt very well taken care of by this person. Mm-hmm. But all of and and this person was very reassuring about, oh, you know, don't worry about this. We're going to take care of that. And. But at the same, I felt very, I felt very taken care of by this person, and like this person had a genuine interest in seeing that I was not stressed out over this and that it was sorted out. But at the same time, none of the information they gave me, or things they said, or even the way they said it, couldn't have been done by an AI, mm. a sufficiently advanced. And would it have changed the way I felt about the experience? Probably not. Right. So here's as you were that that made me think of, uh, commiseration. I don't think you, I don't think I could commiserate with a robot knowing that it's a robot. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good point. So if you're looking for commiseration, it's probably the wrong place to look, but if you're looking for a kind of, um, guided self-awareness or you've got, I mean, obviously if you've got a problem to solve and the thing can solve it, then that's a no brainer. Like Mm -hmm. customer service is like, hello, perfect application, terrible job for a person. That's a terrible job. I mean, everybody I've ever known in customer service is just, just, it's dreadful. You know, you know, mm-hmm. room full of a hundred people just, you know, just like with these weird metrics, like it's a, like some kind of sweatshop of, uh, it's just not a great. Oh, your call time was 30 seconds yeah, above average. Too long, yeah. Whatever, yeah. So, uh, you know, how do those people get paid? I don't know. That's an, uh, that's an open question, but are they going to be unfulfilled if that job is not available to them in the future? Mm, I don't think so. No, they're going to find something else. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. So, yeah. So what, Oh man, I don't, I just don't like it. So I'm not, I'm thinking of sci-fi now and you feel like examples like C3PO or, uh, the Hendrix in mm-hmm. altered carbon, they, they, they're they project emotions they do they they have a personality mm. but do they <laughs> does it matter because they don't really right. have a personality they have a they project they project a vibe that is <laughs> something that you may or may not be a personality but certainly is easy to anthropomorphize and conflate with one right uh i think i might have said personality earlier when i was talking about erica you know being absorbed by she who shall not be named I think I probably said I wish I had a different personality or it could be, it'd be cooler if it was like, had more personality. Mm -hmm. But then you get into that, like, Oh wow. I suppose it kind of, Oh man. I think it's human (laughs) nature to project, project personality onto things. Agreed. I mean, I do it by cat. Yeah. (laughs) hundred percent. Right. Oh yeah. I would say, yeah. And like, why, why does a, why does a cat or a dog get a, a free pass? Like, do they have a personality? I mean, I would absolutely say yes, but if a dog probably has a not personality, nearly as much as I project onto them. Probably not. Yeah. They're probably, you know, Cooper says all the time, Margot's thought process is lick. Cause she, <laughs> she licks right. everything. You know, that's so that, that, uh, far side cartoon where like the, the owner is talking to the dog and the dog just hears like, blah, 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 bacon, blah, 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 <laughs> bacon. Right. <laughs> so yeah. So like, what's, is there a difference between a dog and a robot? Sure. There is terrifying robot dog uh and a regular dog yeah there's definitely a difference but are we one's one's a lot fluffier that's for sure that's for sure for now for now but 
Ah, it gets so trippy. And and funnily enough, Wobot's website has a illustration at the bottom that includes a dog watering a plant. <laughs> I just noticed it. Yeah, they they really went out of their way to make this website cute. That's for sure. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is this is really a question of like, can it get good enough? Because I think I think the approach, and I think it can. Mm-hmm. For a lot of specific domains and specific use cases, like Drift, I think it's called Drift. They're one of those. They're like a third-party vendor that that you can install on your website to put one of those chatbots on. Okay. And it's really popular. It's exploding uh, in popularity, and and the the pile of data that they're sitting on is got has got to be astronomical. It'd be interesting to look at their terms of service and see what their policy is for those communications. If they, if they explicitly say that they're private or if you have to like pay more to keep them out of their database or something like that, because that would be a treasure trove of information that they could use to seed like the, the customer service bot of all time. Yeah. It's fascinating. That's very interesting. Hmm. Well, I mean, didn't the Engadget article was Engadget, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, didn't didn't it say that that it was estimated that all like majority, uh, like something like ninety percent of customer interaction would be with with artificial intelligence by twenty twenty one or something? Yeah, it says uh, many high profile brands and companies have a customer service chatbot function on their website. Indeed, some research suggests that by twenty twenty next year. Conversational AI will be the main go-to for customer support in large organizations. Uh, That's really fast. Yeah, it's eight months. Mm-hmm. But then this does seem like one of those things that once it gets a foothold, it's going to take off. Oh, it'll explode. People yeah. like enter- enterprise uh, businesses are, you know, I mean, based on my experience, they the last thing they want is like hire more customer service people. I mean, mm-hmm. they want to deliver good customer service, but they use, you can see through their behavior, especially, especially the bad ones like AT&T, for example, sorry, AT&T, right. your customer service is the worst. They <laughs> their clearly website is also the worst. It's the worst. And, and they clearly, well, it seems to me that it can't be pure incompetence. It has to be that there has to be decisions are, I would say being made about, well, how do we um, sort of stem this flood of incoming requests that we're getting? You know, like how do we make the experience, how do we add friction to the experience so that people will just- a manageable amount of, yeah. Right. So that we're kind of, kind of our customer set is hovering around a number, customer satisfaction is hovering around a number that's acceptable. We could do better if we wanted to drop money on it, but that would be diminishing returns, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So for a company like that, maybe, maybe this is a net positive for consumers because for these you know, airlines is, I've had some, actually I have oh, had yeah. some good airlines. I've, I've had good experience with the United. And actually, and actually it's funny because the AT&T, their, um, their online support and their phone support and all that is lacking. But the main reason I stay with them rather than switching to another character or carrier character another carrier is because the people at the local at&t store are amazing and if i have an issue i could just drop in there and they're just wonderful knowledgeable people who will sort it out in no time 100 percent. yep 100 percent. and like they immediately like wow the system's not really supposed to do this but it's it should and they figure a way to work it around yeah i've had the same experience yeah so uh you know there's this it's a very complicated issue because you know, this will absolutely take jobs. 
theoretically it's it, mm-hmm. i mean th- maybe this won't happen but you could say like okay well, we're going to take these customer service people and kind of move them all up a level and have the front lines this the real soul crushing stuff get handled by something without a soul and, and have then the humans be like the tier two support tier two support completely change their success metrics their kpis so that it's not a question of like you know get this person off the phone as fast as possible you know, pick up the phone as fast as possible and get this person off the phone as fast as possible so you can pick up the phone as fast as possible the next time. And maybe that would that would give them enough leverage to like, well, who knows? Who knows? But the, it's going to be very, I feel like it's going to be pretty unpredictable how it plays out, the sort of emergent properties of the switch. But it'll mm-hmm. spread like wildfire. As soon as one company does it and it's obvious that it works, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's once it takes off, it's going to just skyrocket. Yeah, big time. All right. So if you're in customer service right now <laughs> at a big company, <laughs> might want to. Um, um, when it all when when it all disappears and the rug gets pulled out from under you, Wobot will be there for you. Exactly. <laughs> the robots giveth and the robots taketh away. <laughs> Title. <laughs> love it <laughs> uh man this is wild i will say though i installed this uh i installed wobot mm-hmm. and it uh did not do what it said it was going to do which was a bummer because it said it was going to do something pretty cool and it didn't do it oh uh, what did it what did it say it was going to do um it's uh i'm paraphrasing a little bit but it it definitely said that it was going to, it did something like ask me how my day was going mm-hmm. after the onboarding. The onboarding was great. It was kind of like the Slack onboarding, Slack bot onboarding, which is also great. Okay. And it was, it was really good. Got to the end and said, all right, cool. Nice to meet you. Um, I'll check in with you tomorrow to see how things are going. Blah, blah, blah. Never did. Never sent me a notification. Oh, really? Yeah. Which was too bad because I was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how I react to that. And is it maybe because of notification settings on your phone? Could be, but, but my notification settings really only prevent uh, a sort of a beep type of thing. Like, like, like lock screen type. Yeah, yeah. The lock screen stuff would still be there. It just wouldn't have made a noise. Okay. So maybe I didn't grant it permission or something like it could have definitely been know. user error, but I don't think so. Cause I was looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll have to check it out now. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll install it and give it a try. Yeah. What was the name? You, you built one of these sort of mood things. What was it called? Uh, Moodly. Mood, was it? Moodly? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind no of, longer a thing. No. But it was, it's, it, it's hook into, so the Wobot hook into bugging you every day and like getting permission to do that. Was it be mm-hmm. okay if I check in with you tomorrow to see how things are going? Yeah, that's why I installed this thing. Yeah. So it, it, you, give, you give it the permission and then it would check in and there'd be this super fast, like, you know, um, suggested replies or smiley face like you had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought it'd be a really cool way to track mood over time. And if it, I, I was imagining, so I was like hoping it was going to be like, oh, hey, how are things going? And then it'd give me like, a, you know, sort of a smiley face, five star rating type of thing. Yeah. Pick one. And if it was, if it was good, maybe it would ask me, oh, what did you eat this morning? Or, um, 
or did you get any exercise last night or did you exercise yeah. today or like how ask much sleep did you get yeah yeah to try to try to kind of put the rating in context and then perhaps map mm-hmm. it out over time i was really looking forward to that oh we should build that i, I wouldn't i don't even think you would need ai for that maybe yeah i i love that idea i love the idea of because i'm a i'm a big uh, I've gone through phases. I don't always do it, but I'm usually pretty big with like tracking, tracking stuff, mm-hmm. tracking calories or tracking um, recurring to do's or tracking a streak of completion. All these, I have a tendency to do that, but it's all push. It's all me being like, you know, right. oh, I have to remember to open up the app and say, yes, I've lost my teeth today or whatever. And it would be so cool if, if it was like, hey, did you floss your teeth yet? Yeah, usually you do it by, 10 a.m. and I noticed you didn't and then I could just yeah. be like yes or no oh man that would be so great you know that's like- yeah like I I used to I took one of those I have a medication that I have to take daily and I when I first started it I had a really hard time remembering so I got one of those IOT buttons from AWS <laughs> and then every morning I would take the medicine and I would push the button and if I forgot to push the button by 11 p.m. it would send me a text message and remind me to take the medicine exactly yeah that kind of a thing that kind of a thing so I, that would be so I, I am willing to bet that Wobot does that or at least uh, mood related items. Uh, and I was, I'll, I'll go back and check. I left my phone at home today. Unbelievably. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll go back and check and see if I've got my notification settings screwed up because I think that would be super cool to have this kind of like to be able to track your stuff reactively instead of proactively to yeah. like always have this like constant like did I track it did I track it did I track it oh I have to go I have to go put this and remember the milk or whatever cool all right well speaking of recurring appointments it's almost time to take the children to karate <laughs> yes I am um, gonna go I'm gonna go argue with code well you can tell Wobot all about it yeah I plan to as long as I don't have to program it <laughs> bugs <laughs> yes Okay. All right, folks. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye.